1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a AM member FDSE. The final Furlong podcast with Emma Kennedy is proudly brought to you by Tote. Get a 10% boost on your winnings on all horse racing markets exclusively on tote.co.uk or tote.ie.
0: From the jumps with Paul Ferguson to the flat, although to be fair, jumps trainers are very much... Controlling the market for a feature race of the weekend, where the beloved buzz. Go on, Jess Stafford with O'Shean Murphy on board for Nicky Anderson uh, is at the head of the market alongside MC Muldoon for Willie Mullen. So we will be talking about some jumpers, uh, but if you have not heard our Jumpers to Follow special, which is just the first of one, by the way, with Paul Ferguson, where there is a Final Furlong Podcast gravy train discount for loyal listeners with a code given very early by Mr. Ferguson, then check out the previous podcast right now on Spotify. All right. We're almost moved to Spotify, not fully. Don't freak out. You can still listen to us on whatever podcast app you're on. It's just that most of our stuff will be mainly Spotify and we'll hardly do a whole lot with SoundCloud anymore at all. Sorry, SoundCloud. You've been great to us. You really have. But um, Spotify is where it is. My man, Joe Rogan's on Spotify. Jesus, imagine getting that deal. Uh, Then we're heading there as well. So, uh, Paul Ferguson, talking about some of his... Not just talking about how great his book is. uh, Giving novice handicap chasers to follow. To put into your tracker. Uh, We talk about the major championship races through the prism of the Cheltenham Festival. And we disagree on targets for some. But both of us have double-figure price horses for a number of those races. So... Get involved, and also there is the Gravy Train Final Furlong Podcast discount for jumpers to follow. Paul Ferguson's book is an outstanding weapon in your arsenal for the entire jumps season, and you can get it at Weatherby's shop. So just Google or DuckDuckGo Weatherby shop, and uh, the Final Furlong Podcast discount applies to the book, the digital copy, or the bundle. And he's also going to be doing a season-long service that goes along with that, that you can get involved with too if you'd like. So check it out, and Paul is on top form as always. And another man who will be in top form, of course, is the one and only, from the Irish field, Mr. Rory DeLarkey. Hello there. And how are you on this Thursday afternoon, sir?
1: I can't complain, I have to say.
0: Good stuff. Good stuff. That's not what you were saying off air, but that's good. Let's keep that off air. Uh, the Phillies Mile. So the Bet 365 Phillies Mile on Friday will be live on ITV4 and, of course, on Racing TV. The current market is headed by Inspiral, who heads the betting at best price five to
1: six.
0: Three to one. No, not three
1: to one. <laughs> you, say, you, say, you go
0: three to one in Spiral yeah. yes. with, with the Largy bet. If you can.
1: That's it no that i think you'll find actually it is it is forecast three to one uh with proform um who do their own uh, uh forecast price they tend to be bigger about shorter price horses than they might be because the algorithm and that but yes that's a joke about in spiral carpets you see in spiral carpets uh... carpet three to one, spiral not going to happen.
0: I see. I see. I see. I see. Sorry. But
1: obviously, uh, the bookmakers, if they had any sense, they'd, they'd just make a three to one for the guineas and then people would back it just for a laugh.
0: Yeah, that would actually more than likely happen given this current state of the anti market, by the way, but um, also because of the joke. Uh Proform, by the way, or class. Mise en aussi for James Ferguson and uh, Oshima Murphy. Oh, shut up. Shut up. 13 to 2. Concert hall. Who actually got in the Windows enclosure last time out and is a horse that I've liked for some time. She beat Voice of Angels a few starts back, and Voice of Angels is about to run now as we're recording. So we'll see how that turns out. Seven seven to one is the best price that you can get. Magical Lagoon for Jessica Harrington and Shane Foley is 11s. Wild Beauty for Charlie Appleby and William Buick, 11s. And Majestic Glory, who, oh, so disappointed with on Talksport 2 a couple of weeks ago, is 14 to one. Right, so having just been bought by uh, Doreen and Michael Tabor. So Ryan Moore taking over and falling asleep in the stalls and getting beaten. Right, what's your thoughts? Is this just a case of uh, Inspiral classes them, or are we going to see a potential star emerge from Coolmore, from Qatar Racing, uh, from Jessica Arrington? What's your thoughts?
1: Yes, it's it's worth bearing in mind with this new market meeting that... um, um, last year it seems like either rail was favored depending on whether i don't know whether they had the i think they have the stalls against the far rail on the opening day and against guess down side on, on the uh, on the saturday whereas uh, this year the stalls are going to be in the center which might make a little bit of a difference but it's always worth looking at uh, for the autumn meetings a new market when the um, uh, when the pace is is uh, one side or the other there's always a chance to come across to the rail um which can be a, a big benefit. And that sort of swung around last year, whereas the far rail was seen to be favoured on the Friday and the near side rail uh, favoured on the Saturday. Um, but that seemed to be quite a big um, bias at the time. Uh, with the stalls and centre, that should be less the issue, but we still saw a bit of a, a bias, uh, you know, far side to near side uh, through the last meeting. Uh, going is also worth bearing in mind here as well. Good to soft. Uh, for this meeting, which is pretty quick, going into the Cambridgeshire meeting. Although, in saying that, it is it'll be drying out. We're not, we're not expecting any more rain at Newmarket. It could have soft at the moment. Um, I think going to six about six point five or something around there. I, th- I could see it being close to good ground um, by Saturday, um, but uh, we shall see. Um, so, all that with all that in mind, listen, Inspiral has been very impressive, but she's also been, you know, uh, very seriously topped up as well. Mm. so whether you're getting any value with Inspiral at so on it, I'm not sure, she has been very impressive and you know you can look at how the form is, has worked out as well um, a winner, all her runs are coming on good to firm ground uh, worth with mentioning that, with, uh, with the ground a little bit softer on Friday um, on pedigree it shouldn't bother her, but, um, you know, it's never really been a problem with the offspring of Frankel particularly, um, she beat Wild Beauty three and a half lengths uh, in the star stakes at Sandown and that looks, um, that looks very solid form now, um, particularly with what Wild Beauty has done since. And I, I'd have thought that Wild Beauty might just be the biggest uh, danger here, having gone and won the, the Natal Mistakes at uh, Woodbine last time, at a Grade one there, um, on good grounds. Um, she um, she showed better form when, um, uh, went second in the, the Sweet Solera after the Star Stakes. So she's going in the right direction. She fits the bill for me as, as a, a, a horse to back each way because um, you often get people will automatically make the unbeaten filly second favourite here. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the way we tend to think. You've got an unbeaten filly favourite. Who can beat her? Certainly not something that's beaten her before, so, so that she's been she's beaten before rather. So that, that knocks um, Wild Beauty down the pecking order. The fact that she's won a, a, a quid one last time out in the States uh, um, or, uh, or in Canada. Canada um, What's that with, all about? Uh, uh, Canadians are Canadian so fans. insulted. Um, most people won't really take that on board and they'll, you know, they won't want to try to get a handle on that form. Um, but it shows that Wild Beauty is happy being ridden um, out the back, which um, w- was potentially a benefit of the last meeting in Newmarket. Um, yeah, that's at, a good that chance. You know, Jamie Spencer um, was was back among the winners, um, riding Chile at Newmarket uh, last weekend. So w- with the ground a bit softer, that that might some um, those tactics might work fairly well. There's there's going to be pace high with Cachet and his um, uh drawn next to that. Um, so they could come stand side uh, with a favourite taken over there. Mison Sen, she could be she could be very good, but the bare form of the prestige six is, is nothing special. Yeah. Uh, I know you've had the, the fourth has come out and and, uh, won a group race since, but um, the fourth was essentially a different filly. Hello, you she's talented, um, but she spoiled her chance by, by pulling too hard in, in a number of races, including this one. Um, She settled much better um, when successful next time out. Um, that obviously makes the um, makes the good performance look a little bit better, but I think it's slightly misleading. Was she, you, you. she
0: won the race that we thought Majestic Glory was going to win, and it was just a bit of a mess. Like there was there were so many horses. It's actually a, a cautionary tale for this race because you had Girl on Film for Rafe Beckett who had been talked up. You had Jumbly who was being talked up by Roger Charlton. Yes, he was warning it was a step up in class, and ultimately they they all get beaten, um, to a certain extent, they get fairly well held and it's hello, you who was pretty exposed cache and a who finished one, two, three. So slight cautionary tale there for this race.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, um, that, that form solid enough for the Rockville, the Rockville form, um, because, you know, um, cache is, um, is, has proven herself to be a decent filly at seven furlongs. Um, She's not really ready to stay a mile and she didn't look to stay a mile when she was when she was tried although her, the way she ran on in the rock fell suggested she wanted it again but i don't think i don't think um that's the case um but that's you know that's that's sort of by the by here um yeah mason's saying is bound to be um second favorite out of thought here because you know she could be anything and people people are more inclined to buy horses who could be anything than horses who have a, a black mark against them. And Wild Beauty will be deemed to have a black mark against her because she was second to the favourite in the past. Mm. Um, that's the decent form. Her form is, is upwardly mobile all season. She's improved with every start, essentially. Um, and she seems a little bit better um, on, on easier ground. Uh, it was good to firm at Sandown. Um, she's, she was a winner on heavy. In her maiden, she won a novice and a to soft at Newbury as well. So conditions will be fine for a Wild Beauty, um, and I, I've i been quite the backer each way. I mean, you've got a nice you got a nice um, uh, shape of, of the race. Nine runners at the moment, so even with one non-runner, you're still getting three places. Yep, and that's Charlie a,
0: Appleby by the way in the background going. Don't give it away, Rory. For God' goodness sakes.
1: If there is a, a bias to be had here, I think it will be towards the high numbers. Uh, looking at, at, at where the the majority of the speed is uh, and if they're like if they're going to head to a reel it seems they're more likely to come stands real than far reel from what I saw at the last the last two meetings here. So that makes might might make it difficult difficult for Mise on Sen, who doesn't have anything to pull her along on the far side of the track. Uh, um, and that's you know that might just be her undoing here. So with a favorite very short and sure to be over bet and i I don't mean for a second that she's not she's not a likely winner here she is the likeliest winner but it's very hard to imagine she's going to be valued given um given how well talked up she is people will back her at almost any price yeah so and of course I, i i don't necessarily want to i don't want to lay but i do want to look for alternatives in races like that so um for me um while
0: Beauty is the obvious alternative. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, brother. I'm completely with you. Uh, in the last seven years, Aidan O'Brien trained three consecutive winners in the race from 2014 to 2016. He then had the... I'll try and get this right. I think he had the second. Yep, September was second. Then he had the third, second, third. And he's only a representative of his concert And
1: last year, he didn't know what he had. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey.
0: In uh, Mother Earth, who ended up going to the Breeders' Cup. And, of course, it did her no harm at all. Uh, And Love, of course, got beaten in this race as well. Who will now be your Breeders' Cup turf winner this season. You wait and see. Watch. Uh, So, look. Magical Lagoon was the horse that I was interested in when I was looking at this race last night. But the more I look back at it, I was quite disappointed with Al Bulla, the Neyarkos horse, getting uh, turned over. Now, maybe she just didn't run her race for whatever reason. But I just think that Concert Hall is on the upward trajectory. And she has Format Discoveries, who I think an awful lot of. So she would be my play in the race. But um, I, I would put nobody off Wild Beauty. I think Wild Beauty is a, a massive price. And I also suspect that a lot of bettors are going to look at Wild Beauty and think, Woodbine last time out. Who gives us stuff about Woodbine? Well, Naomi Talker did warn you that the um, juveniles are improving over there. And uh, Rory's giving her a positive mention. So take heed, take close heed. Um, as we move on to the Saturday, the first race we're going to talk about is the greatest juvenile race of the season any season, any year, anywhere on the planet, and that is the Godolphin Flying Start Zetland Stakes. Rory loves this race. He loves it. He loves this race so, so much. Uh, There's been so many high-class racehorses who have run in this race, and uh, he cannot wait to see future Derby winner Bluegrass bolt up. Isn't that right, Rory?
1: Uh, yes, um, your uh, your love affair with the Zetlands uh, continues apace. Um, Nothing wrong with the, it. Listen, it's a it's a, sm- it's a smashing race for slow horses. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> how how med- how
0: dare you, sir? How dare you? Uh, it
1: it it has thrown up um, it has thrown up a few decent horses in uh, in recent years, of course. Um, Coronet. It's a, a, a strange old mix this year. Um, uh, there's a, a few of these that are not really bred for it. Uh, notably, Bluegrass. Yeah. So yes, Did win over a mile last time out and mm-hmm. clearly uh, starting off over seven us moving up to a mile. Uh, again, we, we, we've seen this often enough before. Galileo um, very much stamps his stock in that it doesn't really matter if if the um, if the dam had stamina limitations. Galileo always tends to impart stamina, um, but uh, not like not gold cup stamina, um, but you know stamina for a mile um, at two. So it's not no surprise that Bluegrass has, has uh, stayed a mile, and he won his maiden last time out in a perfectly decent style. From Good Heavens, uh, battling well, seeing out the mile fine. Whether he wants a mile and a quarter is is. Um, is open to debate. Um, the three who chased him home were all beaten next time out. It's not, it's, you know, it's not outstanding form. Even, even, you know, sometimes you get really, really hot maidens. It wasn't a particularly hot maiden that he won. It was probably hotter maiden than he was beaten in on debut um, when he needed to run. Uh, and you'd have thought he'd improve enough to be competitive to, to some degree here, but he doesn't. He doesn't jump off the page. And I, again, we're talking about his breeding. We should. We should specifically mention the dam is is quiet reflection, Um, Mm -hmm. obviously a a top class sprinter as a three year old winner of the Commonwealth cup and the uh, sprint cup at, um, uh, at Haydock, Um, and yeah, there's a lot of speed on that side of the pedigree. Sometimes you you get sprinters who are bred for further, um, but just tend to excel as sprinters because that's the way they're, that's the way they're made. They're keen going forward, going, um, but she was, you know, there's a lot of speed in her side of the pedigree, a sprinter and showcasing as well. So I'd be a little bit concerned about whether Bluegrass will stay. Obviously, Edna Bryan knows a lot more about the potential stamina of his tortoise than I do, uh, from a, but from a punting perspective, he's, he's got those two issues. He, he's got to prove he's good enough uh, for group company, and he's got to prove that he, he can stay a mile and a quarter as a two-year-old. You know, this is not this is not like staying a mile and a quarter, um, you know, in June of your three-year-old campaign, a different kettle of fish altogether, you've got to, You've got to have a lot of stamina um, to um, to stay this trip as a juvenile. Uh, and looking through the field and looking for something that, that's absolutely guaranteed to stay the trip, uh, you're not you're not certain with it. You know, from from plenty of places, there's a lot a lot of these that are that are slightly bred either on the dam side of the pedigree or the sire side, but not necessarily both.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, that's one. One of,
0: the, one of the things that I thought actually just coming into this was jeez, there's a lot here who are going to be swimming towards the end, but I, I did want to get your take before you give your own selection on Goldspur, because that's...
1: Yeah, Goldspur is the one I like. I'm, I'm slightly, Excellent. I am slightly wary generally of horses who win by wide margins at Sandown. Yeah. Sandown is one of those tracks, that, you know it's a it's a proper um, grade one track. Um, it gets good horses, but it can produce um, big winning margins that are slightly flattering. Um, because of the nature of the, uh, it can get pretty deep there. It can the going can be very different from one part of the track to the other, and a good ride can make a big difference at time to the winning margin. So I'm slightly wary that he won by six and a half lengths um, on debut. He did look like a, a very good horse in doing so. Um, that was obviously in heavy ground. It's going to be quicker here. Uh, probably going to be good. Whereas Halfhead, um, the the obvious first string from Charlie Appleby, has has uh, won on good found ground on debut. Um, when not meant to be fully wound up. Uh, he was then a disappointing, well, I say disappointing favourite. He's, he's run to a higher level on his second start, despite only finishing um, second in a listed race um, at Haydock on firm ground. Um, and he's got the best, he's got the better form of the two of them. Um, but I think Goldsburg might just be the, um, the best prospect. Uh, and he's got a pedigree that does scream middle distances. Mm-hmm. Um, he's by Jabawi, again is one of those sires who produces winners at, at, a, at a range of trips and on a range of going at a higher level um, but he's out of Pomology who won the, uh, the Lancashire Oaks uh, and there's plenty of stamina on that side of the pedigree so he, he's bound to improve A, to win it over a mile at Sandown going away, um, shows you got stamina because it's a, a very stiff finish um, at the Isher venue as we are um, meant to call it so he will um, he'll improve for the step up and trip but I think he's he's a pretty interesting contender here in a race where um, you're guessing a little bit with um, with the stamina requirements of a of a few of these um, but yeah I'd be I'd be happy to stick with him sorry the other the other one of, of interest in the race and I'll I, I'll obviously decide exactly what it through my hat um, come the day um, unconquerable if he was a price ooh would be very interesting here okay Frankie De really- Tori he showed improved form um, when um, went third to to um royal patronage in the royal lodge um, and that's a um that's a decent piece of form uh, obviously he went pretty hard that day um and i thought he you know he wasn't beaten that far in the end obviously the runner-up was paddling a little bit late in the day um it maybe suited him to be held up on that race given they pressed on quite a long way from home maybe he's a bit flattered by it but again he's he's going the right way and he stayed very well and he is bred tonight i don't know about churchill in terms of of what he's going to produce um and that's thing yeah um and he wouldn't be but he wasn't you know uh, churchill i don't think is specifically remembered for his absolutely blinding speed but obviously he was a top class minor um but the on this on the Damn side of the pedigree, absolutely loads of Bally McCall studs, stud um, stamina. Uh, and that family, all those families, the Bally McCall stud families are all absolutely, um, you know, very old fashioned breeding. Um, most of the horses would stay two miles given the opportunity. Um, and he comes uh, uncomfortable, he comes from the family of, of Derby winner North Lights. Um, I've sought out here, self two and a half miles. Um, so there's lots and lots of stamina in the pedigree, and most of his fun has come at seven furlongs. His improvement last time out came for the his first try at a mile. And he never looked like winning, but he was doing his best work late on. And I think the step up to Alan portrait will definitely suit him on, on, um, on that showing. Um, and again, with that family, the stamina always seems to win out over speed. Even when you use a reasonably speedy stallion, uh, there tends to be, you know. Uh, so much stamina on the damn side of the pedigree that, that that it often comes through. So I would fancy his chances of improving again. He's he's looked until now that he's a little bit shy of this level, um, but the trip could be the making of him. So he's definitely on the short list. I think it's it's going to be either spur or Unconquerable from me, um, and we'll we'll see on the day what we end up with.
0: Okay, it's goldspur from me, and um, the whole stuff about bluegrass, bluegrass was a complete joke. And if if you are new, and there's a lot of new listeners to the Final Fulham podcast and we're delighted to have you on board. Uh, the Zetland Stakes has been a running joke for uh, Rory and I because I rated quite highly and is like, a lot of shite. Uh, we'll, see, we'll see what produces this season. Um, does Goldspark turn out to be an absolute producer? Is Half It going to be uh, a superstar? Did I say producer? Yes, yeah, she did. Toala's on my mind. Um, is Bluegrass Goldspur half it or Unconquerable gonna be absolute superstars if, uncom- if Unconquerable COVID, mouth words failing me, if Unconquerable wins this, Royal Patronage's stock just goes through the roof um, so I'm, I'm very intrigued by that the next race we're gonna talk about is the Emirates Autumn Stakes and Rory and I are still waiting on our first class tickets for Emirates, but don't don't worry, I'm sure they're in the
1: post. Um, curious,
0: huh? Oh, they arrived! Oh, No,
1: we're not, we're not all begging first-class tickets. <laughs> begging? I'll have you know it's called blagging, Delargy! And it, yeah. it, it happens
0: to work, and work very well, particularly on this podcast. If you're interested in becoming a racehorse owner, particularly with the jump season now kicking into full swing, and we've got a great card on Friday at Chepstow, uh, as well as, of course, the flat at New Market. So Lizzie Kelly and I will be covering that tomorrow on Talksport 2. I'm in the presenter's chair. Lizzie will be doing the punditry, and it should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to doing that. But if you would like to be on the owner's side of things, and you're saying to yourself, how do I do this? It's just not feasible. It is, you know, all about Sunday. A new form of resource ownership where anybody can get involved for a fraction of the cost. Their aim is to bring you, the racing fan, as close as possible to your horse through data and performance analysis via their app, where you can watch exclusive Sunday videos and content. The Sunday app, which you can download for free from from my perspective, it's the App Store, Android, all that malarkey. The Sunday app provides you with all the content and data that you need to know how well your horse is training. It's not just about Gordon Elliott standing there and giving you a piece to camera. It's the unique tracking device that they've got and a heart monitor. This is the kind of stuff John Magner gets access to and you're getting it for a fraction of the cost. So a tracking device and a heart monitor will provide you with speed performance data relating to when your horse is working. So there you are sitting at your computer doing some work and all of a sudden you get a push notification saying your horse is going for a gallop and you're getting the data in real time of the heart monitor, tracking device, everything. It's all there, provides you with speed and performance data relating to how your horse is working. It is world-class material. It's absolutely stunning. And I know this because I've bought the maximum amount of shares that I was allowed by in one of the horses. And the updates that you get are just phenomenal. So I'm in this myself as well. And I highly recommend that if you are looking forward to getting involved in a syndicate, this is where you go. This is the very first of its kind in racing that has been made available to the public. I'm sure Coolmore has something like this. I'm sure Godolphin has something like this. But nobody else does. This is the very, very first of its kind in racing racing. And it's all from All About Sunday. They want you to see firsthand how your horse is performing. And if you're interested in buying shares in horses right now, I'll tell you straight away the horse I got involved with, Scarlet Witch. And she made her debut only a few weeks ago, promising debut. She's out again very, very soon, and we're expecting a big run. You want to get involved? It's €53 in Ireland, £49 for the year. And there's the hurdler. Le Chien, uh £59, €63 Euro for the year, and that would be starting now. So if you were to buy today, 7th of October, you would have that for 12 months. And you can choose how many shares you want to buy. It's entirely up to you. All the information that you need is at allaboutsunday.com. That's allaboutsunday.com. Download the app for free uh, once you've registered and all of the information will be provided to you by Darren and the team. It is absolutely a first-class service, and I very much look forward to seeing Scarlet Witch unleash her chaos magic on the field next time out. It's the only MCU joke I'm doing on the show today, I promise. Although What If is excellent, and definitely you should watch it on um, Disney+, Plus if you can. Right, Rory, 220, new market. The Emirates Autumn Stakes Group 3, I still can't understand how Corpus lost last time out. But anyway, he did, and he is your odds-on favorite. <sighs> good luck with that. Uh, Imperial Fighter for Andrew Balding and O'Shean Murphy, 11-2. Dubai Poet, uh, Roger Varian and Andre Izzini at eights. And then we got United Nations. Ah, oh, Rory, they have to have been keeping this name for a good horse. Surely, Rory. Uh, for Aiden yeah. O'Brien. <laughs> Nines. Uh, 11-drop Kid Mare. By Galileo. Oh, you know I love that. Scriptwriter, who we talked about at length after his win at uh, Goran, is in here as well. And uh, Aiden currently has uh, a kale in here too, who I believe when this horse ran first, yeah, it was Mrs. Mary, S- Mary Slack, who was the only owner of the horse. And uh, now the whole Coolmore Posse are involved. So um, clearly they expect bigger things, but... Um, Right, we'll deal with the favorite, Rory. Royal patronage somehow manages to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat, but really it's because, one, he's a damn good horse, and two, Corbius just ran all over the shop. I mean, it was one of the most extraordinary finishes to a race that you'll ever see in, in your life. He demonstrated an an immense amount of potential on his debut Um and he flashed even greater amounts, huge amounts of potential on his second start. But if he does that again in a deeper field, do you really want to be taking odds on?
1: Uh, against this lot, yes. Ooh, DeLarge coming in hot! I mean, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not mad to take odds on, but I think, I think you're being very harsh on him. Ran, ran all over the place. the place. He was punched drunk! yeah that's not running all over the place is it he runs he runs straight but he didn't he didn't get home having having travelled so well that he was that he was um uh produced a lead quite a long way from let me just
0: is this our friend Simon Holt it is as they race on towards the final this is courtesy of Racing TV out in front from Royal Patronage the others all got to go to catch him it's Karibas kicking away running down into the dip from Royal Patronage Masekela perhaps running a bit flat today then unconquerable but Karibas is fairly charging up the hill four lengths clear here comes Royal Patronage he's rallying gamely and Karibas suddenly idling in front Kariba suddenly is all out from Royal Patronage. It's tight. Oh, Royal Patronage on the near side, diving at Kariba. Still the GOAT of commentators, by the way. Simon Holt, he's absolutely brilliant. Um, So he doesn't run all over the place. The petrol tank just goes empty. It just, he just stops. And whether that's he idles in front, it's a lack of experience. Maybe Buick pushed the button too quickly. I don't know. I was really keen on him in this. I was very excited about him, um, and I, 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 was, I, I was getting ready to go on Talksport and go. We've we've seen the birth of a star, and then I'm like, what the hell do I say now? <laughs> what do I say now? Jesus, Christ. without without going, what the fuck was that? Uh, it, it was an extraordinary finish. So. You think he'll just outclass these? You'll learn from that and outclass these.
1: Yeah, listen, he didn't. You, you talk about how he stopped. You make a sound like he finished tailed off last. He was beaten in the neck. I never said that. No, no, no. But you, yeah, but he's he, he, he got tired in front. Um, I, I'm more than happy to. to, to uh, there's nothing to forgive, is the bottom line that I'm saying here. It's not like, well,. We thought he was quite promising, but oh, what an ugly performance! It was it was a wonderful performance for for the majority of the race. Royal, I I, I put Royal Patronage up um, uh, for the the Royal Lodge in the Irish Field. You did. Uh, I thought he was massively underrated, based on what he'd done at York. Um, you know, everyone seemed to take that that as a fluke, but he produced a really good time um, in taking on his rivals from the front, and he couldn't live with Caribas at, at a crucial point of this race, and it was just Caribas just lulled William Buick into a slightly false sense of security he was traveling so much better than, than royal Passionage, who is a bit of a fighter uh, that Buick thought well the time is to put the runner up to the sword um, and crack on and he did and he's, and he's initially set off strongly up the hill but this was only his second um, run on the back of a maiden win where he didn't really have to, to you know um, didn't have to do an awful lot to win that uh, given the class that we know that he has so the first time he was really asked to race and he just you know he produced it all in one go um and then he's got you can say he idled he got tired you know the idea of, of idling when you really are uh, if there was something with him he'd have gone further and further clear he clearly wouldn't have he made a big big effort to go clear and that's hold later on but if he'd been asked for that effort a little bit later if his jockey had known exactly how good he was going into that, then he would he'd have ridden him slightly differently and he'd, be, he'd have been a cosy winner. Um, you need to do better as a rule uh, to win the Jewhurst compared with the, with the Royal Lodge, but I don't think this looks an especially strong Jewhurst on paper um, when you consider that um, on the time form figures, Imperial Fighter, who was beaten two and a quarter lengths uh, by a certain royal patronage last time out, that's the, that according to time form is the second best form in the race and clearly Caribus has the beating of Imperial Fighter. On a line through royal patronage anyway so it's difficult to be against him i'm i'm am i going to put him up i i don't tend to put up odds on trust i might if i can't find any angle against him including an each way angle looking for a place at a decent price i'll probably write the race up with him as a selection but not make him a recommended bet um but in saying that you know i don't as far as i'm concerned it's almost all positive um Yes, if he does something similar again, then you start having questions about whether he's really seeing it out. But um, that's a big performance for a horse having a second start in terms of the the, uh, time figure he produced, in terms of the the rating he produced. So even though he managed to snatch defeat from the jaws of almost certain victory, um, I I don't think you can knock him too much for that. Um, And if if this was a really strong field, then sure, I, I'd, I'd be inclined to find something against them. The O'Brien horses might be a lot better than than um, than we've seen of them, and um, we've already seen Aidan O'Brien produce one off a long break uh, to win a, a Group One. So um, I wouldn't be at all surprised if we um, uh, if we did have uh, improved performances from from the uh, O'Brien runners here. But yeah, they would need to be marked improvements. Um, who's your favourite O'Brien Horse in the race?
0: United Nations.
1: Yeah, you know, and on, on he, he's a listen. He's, he's a very nice sword on paper. Uh, Ryan Moore rides him. He's bound to improve a chunk um, for for that maiden win first time out. But again, you know, half the issue here is we're talking about Caribous. Uh, even if you've got the talent to take a, a group race on the uh, uh, on the back of um, uh, an impressive maiden win, you know. Inexperience can find you out there. Mm. So, you know, there there is potential to come from those who've had one or two runs—the the Dubai Poets and the Script Scriptwriters and the the Acal's and the United Nations and the race But based on what we've seen in them so far, I'm happy to um, uh, to stick with Caribous here.
0: The one concern I would have about Caribous being an odds-on favourite is that the race was only 14 days ago it's potentially taken an awful lot out of him and Charlie Appleby I'm sure wouldn't run him unless he thought, but unless this is some kind of confidence boost for him.
1: Yeah, I don't, I, I think the turnaround should be all right for him. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's it, he wasn't slogging through the mud last time right? And I don't think just because he got tired later on, I don't think that, that that suggests that he had a terribly, terribly hard race. I think, um, it's worth bearing in mind that, uh, the distance horses run over is much more important in terms of, of how well they'll bounce back, uh, compared to whether they were going on or off of the line. Um, you know, and if you, it's pretty much impossible to have an easy, an easy race over a, a distance of ground, whereas, you know, running over seven four hundred a mile, you should be able to recover from that a little bit quick, a little bit more quickly. If it was, you know, if it was a massive run on the back of a long absence, you know, we talk about the bounce theory there, but that shouldn't be an issue. No, Look, just, there might just be a hole in Corribus that he hinted at last time out that that might be more exposed um, here, but you know he's um, he wouldn't he wouldn't look out of place um, in the uh, in the Dewhurst field.
0: No, uh, he he, he wouldn't. To be fair, you
1: know, he he, the state, which is which is strictly speaking an easier race than the uh, uh, than the Royal Lodge. Yeah, uh, as the group three, a group three last time out, and on paper uh, he. he he should also be more than happy on the side of the easier grind as well, despite the fact that his his runs have come on quick grind so far. So I don't I'm not mad to be against him. I think I think he deserves to be odds on, um, until such times as we find out, you know, that there is something amiss there. But that seems unlikely given how well he's actually run on paper. It's just a visual imagery of him apparently, um, majestically putting the race to bed before being caught. I didn't think he did anything horribly wrong in fun. He didn't, um, he didn't cock his jaw. As you said, you know, you said he was all over the place. He didn't, he didn't run around the track. He didn't show signs of temperament. I thought he just, he just showed that the the massive effort he made, fooled his jockey into thinking he was doing it easily. And I think he probably wasn't. I think he's just generous mm. in that when he's asked to do what he wants to do, he appears to be doing it easily because he's so willing. And then, when you ask for that big effort, there isn't there isn't necessarily something there to back it up. Whereas a lot of horses, you need to keep asking them for the effort to get everything out of them. Yeah, um, and he he seems to deliver that without uh, being asked too much. And to and be I'm fair, like- he
0: he did travel very strongly on his debut when he beat a horse of experience who's gone on to win since in yeah. Saga. So it it could very well just be a case of that he travels very strongly through these races. It's yeah, just and
1: listen. We- We've, if this if this was a group one i'd have my, my questions we've had horses like this before um who look like they must be absolute monsters and we had horses this season doing it um just looking at something from a field earlier on um talking about alazi in the spring i know we, this is a different kettle of fish and we're looking at older horses compared to two-year-olds but horses can can do the running on the bridle and look like they're monsters and you may, you look at them beating group three opposition you think oh that would definitely win a group one because he's done that on the bridle so think how much better he will be the Mm. the assumption is that when you ask for another gear another gear will be there but often horses who do it on the bridle like that they're in top gear they just don't seem to be because you don't have to push and shut them to get there it's push button you know it's push button acceleration rather than pushing and kicking acceleration um and alas he's come up short two or three times. Uh, in, in stronger company um, since looking um, in a different league to sort of group three rivals at the start of the season. Corribus might be in that boat as well. He might be the kind of horse who does it so easily that you think there must be so much more to come. And of course, when he was asked for a secondary effort to keep going last time out in the Royal Lodge, he couldn't find that. And maybe that might be an ongoing theme uh, with him. But even if it is, I think he's good enough to win this.
0: I also wonder, just on a final note on this, about the fact that Aiden's running three. Um so I I suspect Colin Keane will make the running. And I just wonder if Ryan Moore if they decide to ride Caribous up with the pace again, if Ryan Moore just glues himself to William Buick and says, All Right, when you go, I go or I'll just I'll let you have a little length of lead and then I'm gonna go. Or does he try and stretch them out on united, Nation, on united nations who was very very generous himself with the way he won over seven furlongs last time out and has the scope to yeah, improve bear, bear, for a bear, mile
1: bear in mind he, he was he was winning a, a seven furlong maiden um against um what, what appeared to be inferior horses in a uh, a much slower time so although it would look like you know if, if you superimpose one race on the other united nations wouldn't have been wouldn't have been hitting oh, the speeds
0: i take that but you're talking about two different jurisdictions and you're also talking about a horse making his debut who was running against a uh, hardly touted, touted favorite, no, no, who has no, come no, out no, and no, won I'm, since?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not having, I'm not having a go. At United I, I, Nations I know,
0: but the, the point, the races. point is that yeah. this this whole idea of oh, let's compare and contrast the races and run them uh, that's bollocks. No,
1: no, no, no. My point is a valid one. You're not listening to why it's valid. It's not about United Nations' uh, ability to win this race. It's about the likelihood of him making the running. Making the running in a maiden race and then running in a, in a group race next time out is very much choke and cheese. Horses are good enough to make all the running in a maiden against horses who are, who are inferior. are not. I would never consider them um, potential leaders in stronger races unless they... Have had gone very fast in said, which United Nations didn't do. He finished it off very well. So I don't think he's a particularly like. I don't think they're particularly likely to go with, let's go from the front to try to stretch them. No, That's not what they what,
0: I, what I was saying was, I think Colin Keane will make the running. And and yes. there's there's a number of forces in here who can do that. So it, it could end up being a strong pace, but I think that what they'll do United Nations, script writer is another one as well, who could end up being underestimated in this race, um, particularly given the fact that he now has the additional experience as well is that whoever it is, whether it, Dubai Poet is a horse that I, I struggled with an awful lot. And, I, and the only reason I discarded him in the end is because I can't get Roger Varian's horses right. I just, for whatever reason, I can't get his horses right. So I just went, I'm just discarding you. And I'll, I'll have to move on. There's no doubt in my mind that Karibis is the most likely winner of the race because of the potential he shows. But I'm concerned about what he showed last time out. I'm concerned about the fact that it's two weeks since that race and you're now asking him to come out again, and that every other jockey who's taking him on is going to go, hmm, I wonder do I just, like, does Ryan Moore just go with a horse who made the running last time out and can clearly be probably ridden from midfield? He can probably be held up like most of Ryan horses. Does he just give him an inch of rope and go, right, now I'm going to go for you? And are you going to have anything left to repel me when I come at you at the finish? And does that apply to Dubai Poet? Does it apply to Imperial Fighter? It could apply, apply to anything. My issue with Coribus with is he went into the Royal Lodge as a horse with the world potentially as his oyster. If you turned off the race with 20 seconds to go, you'd have gone, Jesus, he was good. Bloody, what price is he for the guineas? He's, what price? What the hell happened? And he was beaten by the right form horse. I will say that. But there's a concern in my mind about him. And I couldn't back him at the price that he is. So,
1: it's... And that's actually fine. I'm, I'm, I've got no problem with people taking that view. Um, when you look certain to win a race and you somehow lose, that's, that's enough reason not to want to back horse adults on. But mm. I, just, I take the view that, um, uh, that also, I'm saying that I think there's a lot more positives and negatives about him, I think it's too early in every horse's career in this race for anyone to be coming up with a plan to beat Karibas. I think all these horses will just be run be running on the merits. We don't know enough about Karibas to think, ah right, we can beat him if we do this. True. I think I think they'll just all these horses will be will be asked to to run in a style that suits them best. There won't be team tactics from the O'Brien team um to try to pull Karibus out of his comfort zone because the one thing we saw last time is Probably the the fastest seven furlong horse in the country at the moment uh, in the early stages Royal Patronage um, couldn't live with Karibas mid-race before coming back and, and and getting the better of him in the finish. So trying to draw this thing out of Karibas in the early part of the race is probably a bad idea mm. given that it will actually suit the way he travels. It might be a better idea to ensure it's a slow-run race, leave him in front, and then hope that... Um, you know, that, that that residual greenness will get him beaten again. I think if they all went out hard here, or a few of them went out hard, thinking that could beat him, I think that would probably suit Karivis. And what Buick will do, he'll just look to produce him as late as possible. Whether that works or not, we'll see. Um, and maybe somewhere down the line, people will get will start form, formulating plans to um, to find the chink in his armor. But he's only two races into his career. Most of these are in, in a similar boat. And it doesn't really do with promising two-year-olds to start messing
0: around with them. Yeah, um, They're all big babies. Who knows who yeah. is the best horse? It? It, it could be United Nations. It could be scriptwriter. It could be Imperial Fighter. It could be Grievous. We don't know. But, but we'll know more on Saturday. And if this was 10 years ago... Uh, a pint bottle of bombers would probably have been smashed, and Dilara and I'd be pulled apart from one another. But thankfully, we're not match happening and would never resolve on anything like that. Uh, the Darley Dewhurst Stakes, Native Trail. Well, he put away Point Lonsdale, and literally put him away as the end of his season. Um, so we've got Bayside Boy as second-favorite fives. The best price that you can currently get about Native Trail is 11 to 1. 11 to 1? That's the way the bet only, by the way. Uh, 8 to 11. Uh, straight answer for gerlines and Colin Keen, 11 to 2. Thorn, finally! Thorn is back! For John Magner's mother, Mrs. Stockwell, Coolmore, and Vesterberg, uh, the grandson of Opal. Twelves. Of course, we saw what uh, Aidan O'Brien did with tenebricium which is what Roy was alluding to earlier on, and then it's twenties. Uh, the rest, all right, Roy. Does Native Trail just blow this field apart, or is there something in here who can beat him?
1: Um, I think the likelihood is that he's going to take plenty of beating. Well, I just managed to crash my uh, my laptop doing that. So um, yeah, he's, there's been a lot uh, of toing and froing in two year old races um, this season, and not. We haven't seen too many outstanding um, performers, but he's the one who probably um, best fits that bill, uh, given how well he won last time out. There was no no question about who the horse to beat um, that day was, and there was actually no question about the manner in which um, he did go and win the race in the end. So he's a a hard horse to to oppose here. Um, He looks very good. Again, it's going to be a very short price, and as I've said before, I'm not inclined to, to, um, uh, to put up short price favours, even if I think they, they will win as, um, as selections as such. Um, and yeah, there's um, there's no reason to be against native uh, trail here. It's not a big enough field to worry about the draw. Sometimes, the, you know, um, there can be quite a strong bias to those drawn high uh, in the Jewhurst. Um, we've seen a few uh, races with in big fields over the years. I made mean, a big deal of this last year about um, how um how even relative outsiders um were uh, were running big races in the Dewhurst if they had the benefit of the stands rail. But in an eight-runner race, um, that bias tends not to exist as much and it tends to more likely to go to the best horse. And um, the best horse here by by some ways native trail. So uh, he needs to run below form not to win, quite frankly. I, I don't think there's anything in this race that can improve enough to get um, to match his, his national stakes win last time out. So the way he gets beaten here is if something takes a big step forward. Or, or, or you know, or jockey error. Agreed. Um, we're on that subject. Yeah. Um, of those, again, I'm slightly worried there's the eight runners because you know you do have an each way angle here, but you're, you're always worried about one dropping out and a seven runner race where you think the favorite can't get beat is a terrible each way betting medium. Um whereas the dead eight runners is an excellent each way betting medium. Um Bayside Boys what I've always liked. Uh, as you know, I, I um I put him up to what, to win the Denford Stakes at um at Newbury and it was Greenness that got him beaten that day. Yeah. Um by um Makalela. Um, Macalela, then, uh, Macalela. <laughs> um, Club Macalela.
0: Mac- oh that's one of the best you said oh I loved him even though he was a Chelsea player I love Macalela the <sighs> hell were Real Madrid doing letting him go go on keep yeah, going
1: massacrea I thought I thought he should have beaten massacre that day and, uh, and yeah he he showed what he could do it next time on his debut he crashed his head quite high. He was suited by the way the race was run at, uh, at Doncaster in the Champagne Stakes um, and, uh, and did it nicely for all the only one by a head in the end. Um, and given his style of running, given that he's um, uh, he's got scope for improvement, I think he'll probably step up again. In saying that, you know, I, I don't think he's going to be good enough uh, to beat Native Trail, but he's, he's the kind of horse who will be suited by a really strong pace. He's never seemed to have any trouble um, uh, traveling in his races. It's just a question of whether he'd be able to go through with his effort at the end and, and whether you put that down to, to uh, residual greenness or whether he's just a little bit concerned about his head courage, uh, which might be an issue long-term. Uh, I think he'll run his race and, and should hit the frame. Um, I'm not particularly keen on Gobert's go at this trip. No. Uh, he, he's, he's, you know, There's no reason not to give him a go at seven furlongs, but... Um, you know he's he's been he's been too effective at six um, thus far. He was going on nicely at the end of the middle park last time out, but the Jewhurst is always. I know they're they're meant to be sort of sister races, the Jewhurst and the middle park, but um, the Jewhurst has been has been um, uh, much the better race. Um, while now, um, so I'm a little bit wary of, of backing him. I'm I'm wary of backing anything trained by Gerry Lyons in the UK.
0: So, I'm so glad you're the one who said that and I not dug, me.
1: I dug, this, I, dug, I dug the stats out. And Jerry's a very, very good trainer. He is. And there was, this, there was this argument going forward that he doesn't like running horses in England. So, if he does, you should sit up and take notice. And that, statistically, that makes no sense. I mean, as a sentence, it makes perfect sense. He'd rather say he's very keen to uh, support domestic racing, pick up prices at home. He's not particularly keen to travel with his horses if he doesn't need to. And therefore, I can see the, the logical argument that if he goes to the UK, it must be because he get a big chance of winning. But the stats don't bear that out. And I think Ger ends up getting not so much bullied into bringing horses over, but it's always for, for you know, they're mostly in these colours.
0: You make a very good point to an interview, several interviews that he's done, where he's referenced, instead of winning the Coventry, I'd rather win the Railway, for example, was was one of the quotes that he had. I think that was last year. Gerlinds is an exceptional trainer. He has sent... Thirty-three runners to the UK in the last five years. Five have placed. Two have won. That not good. That's why I was glad you're the one who said it first.
1: Yeah, listen, uh, and it's, uh, it, it's it's perfectly reasonable to point out that these are all almost always in very tough races. Yeah, but it's a six uh, percent. Yeah, it's the and and it goes back. If you go back, you can go back further than that. It's not it's not a blip, and uh, the figures don't read well. Yeah, um, over a period of time. And I think the bottom line is. JR is forced to bring certain horses over to the UK because the owner expects to be represented in the UK in big races, mm. um, and um, therefore the horses tend to be overbet. It's it's clearly not impossible that Straight Answer could win this, um, but the logic of you must back his horses in the UK because they wouldn't be coming over for no nonsense reason is is not borne out by by the uh, by the stats. So um, the one I'm the horse I'm most likely to put up is an each-way bet in this race. Um, takes a little bit of a leap of faith, but Berkshire Shadow oh. um, has, on, has been, cry, he's been crying out um, for uh, a well-run seven furlongs all season. Um, was traded at 70 when winning a maiden on debut over five furlongs at Newbury, where he was going nowhere for a long way. Um, he started slowly on all four stars to date which then obviously uh, the shorter the trip you're running over, the more of an issue starting slowly can be. Um, he looked a little bit uncomfortable on the ground. The goobity well beaten a couple of furlongs out um, in the, the vintage sticks, I think it was. Um, but he finished very strongly into second. That form has, has been Frank since. And he was taken off his feet in the gym crack on fast ground uh, from a bad draw, it must be said. He was drawn on the flank, and I said this at the time, if you remember, we, we did the the um, weekend preview there, and I thought... We did. Uh, but uh, Lucille was a, um, uh, was a cracking bet in there because, you know, grind was right. Conditions were right. The draw was right. The setup of the race was right. Um, whereas it was all wrong for Barclay Shatton. He was drawn on the wing. He didn't have anything to pull him into the race. Um, and, you know, especially as he as he has that tendency to start slowly. So there's nowhere for him to go. He's basically in no man's land throughout the race. That was a disappointing performance in the end. Um, but he's better than that, as he showed when winning the, the Coventry stakes. And again, in the Coventry, You know, he's traded a big price at halfway because he's a long way off the money. He's finished very strongly, slightly flattered by it. And to be honest, I don't think he's quite... My gut feeling is he's not quite good enough to win out a race at the Jewhurst. But he is the type to hit the frame here, stepping up and trip, because that will bring out a better performance from him. And again, he really wants to be stepping away slightly better than he has been. But hopefully this isn't the kind of race that's run as the race he's been in so far, really fast from the start. Hopefully, the, the sort of the field will settle down with the first couple of furlongs before really racing in earnest. And if that's the case, that gives him a chance of recovering from a slow start. The tongue tie for the first time may be a help to him. Uh, I don't think he'd be. That, there's no reason to suggest it, even his best form gives him a chance of, of beating Native Trail. But um, if the others try to have a go at Native Trail and are beaten off one by one, um, then Barsha Shadow is the kind of horse to be challenging latest. And going on at the finish. So I can see him picking up places and he's about 25 to one. So you're getting five to one about him running on into third, which seems realistic to me.
0: 25 first time tongue tie. Go on, Oshin, get the money for us. Uh, Ger-Line's this season, five runs in the UK, one place <sighs> to the together for racing international Cesaro, which handicap where we've got jumps trainers, dominating, uh, MC Muldoon, who really should have won at Royal Ascot, but did win at Galway last time out. Um, Ryan Moore is back on board, and he heads the betting at around about 5-1. to one. Uh, Buzz, the beloved Buzz for uh, Racing TV's Jess Stafford, uh, with Nicky Henderson as trainer, of course, and Oshin Murphy, a very notable jockey booking is uh, your 7-1 to one second favorite. MC Muldoon comes out of 15. Buzz is coming out of 16. 16, number 6. Jeez, I really can't read today. Uh, Calling the Wind for Richard Hughes, who's been fancied by a number of people, um, written by Pat Dobbs. Nines. My Horse, Burning Victory, with uh, William Buick on board. Sorry, Ocean. Uh, for <laughs> Willie Mullins' 12s. and Live Your Dream, who's been fairly heavily supported for the resurgent Saeed Bin Saror with um, Adam Farrer on board, is 16s. Um, Willie's got a, a number of runners in this race, including Great White Shark uh, with uh, Willie Mullins um, being represented by Jamie Heffernan. Um, last year, Jason Watson was on board. I'm sure I saw during the week that Jason Watson was booked to ride this horse again. But uh, Shamey takes over. Uh, they've got uh, Favros and um, Ben Curtis on board Whiskey Sour. It'd be nice to see the old boy win. And uh, withhold, winner of this race in 2017, was it? We landed a monster gamble. Uh, James Doyle on board for Roger Charlton. Draw, first of all, and then your selection.
1: Uh, I don't know. Yeah, listen, let's look at last year's race in terms of the draw um uh, we'll look at the last two actually um which come in reasonably similar conditions good to soft last year stole 21st stall five seconds 26, third, stall four fourth um mix of high and low and bear in mind 20 is not very high in a race where there are 35 runners um or 35 stalls anyway for them so um there's not a, not a huge amount in the draw the previous year when stratum won um and sometimes it depends. some years they'll come stand side and some some years they'll stick to the far side of the track and they stick to the far side then there should be a there's a theoretical bias towards low low drawn horses because they're closer to the rail but then you've we've seen races where uh, um, this is always which takes, takes shape late on the day horses coming fast up the middle so that can throw things out stole 20 again interesting so it's all 20 is not a bad place to be beat stole 23 beats all 28 beats all four two of those horses. Summer moon and not so sleepy placed the following year as well. So um, I don't think the draw is a big deal in this scenario. Which I've seen horses win from from the highest stall of all, and that wouldn't put me off. Um, and there used to be a, sort of a general um, uh, a general idea that you wanted to be drawn um, low, which I think' has been blown out of the water to a degree. But being drawn low is not a bad thing. Um, it's just not an absolute it's just not an absolute essential.
0: Okay, who
1: who are you with? Well, you got to start with Willie, Willie Mullins, don't you? Yeah, he's won the last three. This is beginning to look like a little bit of a, well, not quite a waste of time for other trainers getting involved, but um, the fact that that Willie Mullins has done so well in it and has been able to lay horses out for it, you know, it doesn't matter whether they've been running on the flat or over hurdles or whatever, um, they tend to be the ones to um, to pay attention to. So you've got Micromanage, you've got Whiskey Sour, MC Muldoon, Burning Victory, Great White Shark again. Um, who's not been seen in the flat since winning this last year, and Fulvoros. And of those, I would favour Fulvoros. Oh, I think Ray Dawson's a decent jockey, cooking Yeah. Um, I don't want to be rude to Aubrey McMahon, um, but he wouldn't get many outside rides. Um, and um, uh, this horse ran an absolute cracker. That's the polite yeah. way
0: of putting it, Rory. Well said.
1: Traditionally, really hot, um, qualified riders' handicap at the at the Galway Festival, the Connacht Hotel, um, qualified riders' premier handicap. You don't get many premier handicaps um, con- confined to to essentially to amateur jockeys. Uh, but Fulveros run run really well. Run his best flat race there um, to be n- narrowly beaten by Coulter. Um, the way the race panned out, panned out, he he looked like he was the best horse in the race. He traded fives on in the run. He probably got there too soon, travelled really strongly, um, got to the front easily enough. It was picked up later on by Finney McGuire, who's very strong in the finish, um, on Coulter for Dermot Wells, who I, I gather has had one or two Galway winners um, over the years. And you look who was in I
0: think he's had a couple, Rory. I, I yeah. don't know. He doesn't like to go on about it, though.
1: Yeah. Yes. but the, the, the horses in behind are interesting as well. This, this was not a, a, any kind of weak handicap. Literally Chi in, in, in third for... Harry Fry and the JP Cutters, hook Hookup, Fourth, Linwood Gold, Fifth, My Sister Sarah, Royal Illusion, Exchange Rate. Those are the next five or six horses home. This is a really deep handicap. Mm-hmm. And Foveros racing off a mark of 83 there uh, with young Aubrey claiming £7, the owner's son, um, gets to run in the Cesarwich off a mark of 87. And I think that's lenient. I think that's lenient, given that, you know, the whole, the whole issue about races like this is that um, when you look at the form on either side of the Irish Sea, it looks reasonably tight. And then you run the race, and the Irish finish first, second, and third. Um, and it's the same issue we have um, uh, over hurdles at the Cheltenham Festival. It's not like the Irish horses look at their miles in front, and every year they complain how badly treated they are. Well, but which they always, compl-
0: always horribly treated. How oh, dare yeah. you?
1: Um, but uh, there you go. So I, if you actually crunch the numbers here, if you, if you look at the, the time form adjusted ratings um the Irish horses come way down the way down the pecking order in terms of, of how they come out um but it's it's just the type of horse who who, who thrives in this kind of environment and the kind of the cat you know the fact that it's it's a two and a quarter mile handicap with a big field that tends to suit a certain kind of horse and horses who've been on the go most of the flat season don't tend to thrive in this um and willie mullins is fine the kind of horses that do and of course you know uh, um tony mullins trained the runner-up a couple of years ago as well uh, it's not just a willie mullins thing it's it's it just suits um the irish program mm. essentially and you get races like in that that race at galway is one of those races that you, you just don't get on the uk um and it, it always ends up being really competitive and the horses who are capable of, of running well there will always run well in a race like this is which and fulveros gets in here near the bottom of the way it's eight stone four. Ray Dawson recently lost his three pound claim. Very, very good rider for us. Um, I know you had the issue that Aubrey Marm was claiming seven pounds last time out, but I don't. You know, Aubrey is a, a, a true seven pound claimer. He's a he's a much better rider than he was three or four years ago. Um, but he's still not a not a, a top rider even by uh, amateur rider standards. And I think that you have to call Ray Dawson a jockey uplift here. Um, um, and he's very very lightly raced. Um, on turf of late, um, he was—he uh, did manage to finish last in the Ulster Cesarwich uh, a couple of seasons ago, or last season even, but he's, 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 um, he's improved um, since his reappearance this year. He won at the Cura of a low market, as we said. The handicap would given him every chance. He won off, off 65, but he went up a long, a long way in the weights um, for that Galway race, and you'd have thought the rise in the weights would have found him out, but he actually bolted that first time. Uh, And even though he went up a big chunk in the weights, uh, he showed that he was full value um, for it with that good second in a race that, again, you know, I think if you rerun that race um, with marginally different tactics or or switch the jockeys right or whatever, you get a different result and Boveross wins that and only being four pounds higher here with the perceived difference um, between the Irish watches and the English watches anyway, I think he looks like he's, he's well in. Now, one Or two of the other, uh, what his other horses are as well, I'd imagine. But Foboros is the one who's, um, who stands out to me. Um, I don't know, it's difficult to get a handle on how strong the form of burning victories um, Winnie Deauville is. Um, and it's also dif- difficult to tell how much of a stayer she is as well. Um, but she's got, a, she's got a bit of class about her. Uh, MC Muldoon should have won an Ascot. Um, and it's only four pounds higher here. I would say that the Cesaro, which tends to be a stronger race than the Ascot Sticks. Um, but in saying that, he's got an obvious chance. That he will be well back because Ryan Moore's taken the ride on him. You yep. um, know plenty about Cesaro as well. Uh, but yeah, Fovar struck me as being the one that was probably the, the value of the, of the Mullins um, quintet. Um, so I definitely want to keep him on side. Um, and of the, the home side... Um I could see withhold running a big race again. A little bit harsh of the handicapper to, to raise him two pounds for getting beaten in the uh, in the Goodwood Stakes last time out. He's he's always shown his best form in the autumn, or certainly in the second half of the year. So, you know, he was he was nowhere near um right early in the season. Um I thought he should have finished closer at Newbury in, in July in the um uh, the Barry and Turf uh, handicap. He then backed that up with that really good second. Um, at, uh, at Goodwood, but the fact that he's gone up two pounds in the weights and he has to give chunks of weight all Ryan will probably get him beaten. But I can see him running a good race for a long way. And he's drawn in stall um, 21, and we've seen the last two winners come from stall 20, so that's not a bad thing. Um, I'd probably favour live your dream of the home, of the home um, side though. Um, he ran really well. Saeed
0: in... bin Saror's resurgence continued.
1: Yeah, yeah. Saeed's, so uh, you know, we, 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 we had a little bit of a laugh about this on the, on the, the preview show, but, um, you know, the, the point is that Saeed is, is in very, very good form at the moment and he's, um, he's finishing the turf season very well. Live your dream was beaten in the Cesaro, trial, which is rarely a good thing for this. Um, but he's beaten by a little bit of a, a handicap snip and turnpike trip, um, who wouldn't have wasn't entered with Cesaro, which wouldn't have had a chance of getting in, but he was well treated there. And he um, had the rest uh, well enough beaten off, of on a mark of 101. Um, I think that's a solid piece of form. And he's got a good jockey on board here, Adam Faragher, um, a jockey who, who applied a straight in Ireland for a run uh, as an apprentice for, a, for a two or three years. Um, his strike rate has been, is the kind of jockey I like, Adam Faragher. His strike rate was pretty moderate. Um, he came over to, to join uh, William Higgins this year um, and he didn't get many winning rides in the first part of the season. I remember a, a, a Twitter exchange between a couple of punters, one of them saying, oh, this Adam Farahoe is good, and the other one going, what do you mean he's good? Look at, his, look at his strike rate. But actually, he is a good jockey. He's just been learning the old-fashioned way. Give them lots of experience. Don't stick them on steering jobs. They learn very little from that. Give them lots of experience. Make sure that, they, that they've got a really good grinding, and then you bring them in. And William Haggis has given Adam, Adam Farahoe um plenty of good opportunities of late. He wrote four winners. He was no overnight success, but he's been groomed to be a decent jockey of the future. I wouldn't be at all surprised if he didn't end up stable jockey at uh, the Haigus Yard in a couple of years' time. Um so I think that's a good jockey booking. Uh
0: good jockey booking and enough to sort of enough to sway me to um confirm him as as part of my shortlist Uh, my shortlist is two it's live your dream and burning victory Um, I I take on board exactly what you're saying about it's difficult to know how good the form of the race in France was in fact the horse who was second I think finished still last on Arc Day but as the great Sarah Lyman said it was a bog the ground was terrible and um, I thought it was an interesting decision for Willie Mullins to take to, to run her there She's been given 25, and um, crucially, William Buick has been booked. So, I'm very, very interested in in, in her, and um, perhaps the former Little winner can bounce back and um, and get the job done here. Um, so, final selection for you, Favros.
1: Well, as I'm not going to, I'm not going to come down with Favros is, is is my my initial selection in the race. Okay. Um, but you, final selection. Series different kettle of fish. I'll see how the track's riding on, on Friday, obviously. Yeah. And I'll be heading my piece for the Irish field on, um, by, well, by Friday lunchtime. So I won't have much chance to see how the track's riding on Friday, but I'll see if it's, I'll weigh up the going. Um, and then I'll, I'll, i at the race. I mentioned one at a massive price. Have you, have you got the, the odds in front of you? Yes, I do. Um, I, uh,
0: it's not just Hubert, is it?
1: i a horse called Kay yearly. um, uh, this time last year in a handicap at Goodwood, Ooh. when he's gone 33 to one and uh, traded 106 and running and just got touched off, he's not run since, and he's four pounds higher in the weights. He's going to be a huge price. Because,
0: Rory, he's 66 uh, to one.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. He's, he's he, he probably will be 100 to one. He's one of those horses that you know on, on the fact that he's not been seen in a year, you might say, is a bad thing. When I napped him last year, like one of the early pieces I've done for the for the Sporting Life as well. I, I pointed out that, that uh, um, a long gap was probably a positive for him. He's a horse who's done all his best racing when he's fresh and when he's given the grind. He probably wants it slower than it's going to be, so he'd need rain to fall um, to have a, a, a decent chance. But, you know, he went through that race at good with, like, the best horse of the way it's so It was an absolute kick in the teeth to see him um, getting beaten Them, um, Half ah, One, you, you kind of... You know, it hurts when that happens. Um, you were still a yeah. Crown
0: Naps champion, twenty twenty, though. Don't worry about it. It's okay.
1: that's just uh, just the way it goes. But yeah, he's he's listen. He's if you if you want to throw a club the ball at, at a rank outsider, um, it's diffi- He's a little bit. He's he's either going to run a huge race or he's he's going to trail home way behind them. Um, but the fact that he's been off for a year is not necessarily a bad thing. He's a horse who's, who's traditionally gone well after a break. Um, he's no spring chicken now. He's a nine-year-old. Uh, and He's clearly had one or two issues. But um, I wouldn't be enormously surprised uh, to see a big run from Kay at a big price. And as I said, 66 to 1 would probably look short on the day. It could be very, very big indeed.
0: C-A-Y-I-R-L-I. And uh, second run after a wind operation drawn in nineteen number twenty two currently for Seamus Jurak. sixty six to one but Rory thinks that price could be bigger which means that's code for the final Furlong podcast army to hold mad tough don't get go st- don't get stucking into him now leave it till Saturday morning then have your bet and hopefully. The arts compilers will have gone out to hundreds, maybe hundred and fifties, and then punish them, punish them all. Sorry, I just gave producer producer um, Shadow a bit of a fright here, who's recovering from uh, a bit of a a bit of a trip to the vets, isn't that right, producer Shadow, who was banging on the window there of um, Final Frontal Podcast Studios to get in. So he's um, recovering, though a beautiful beautiful black cat. No, you can't have him. He's um, he's all mine. Right, that's it. Uh, you can read more content from Roy Delargy in the Irish Field uh, this weekend either on the paper, if you so choose, or online at uh, irishfield.ie and for more information about the best way to become a racehorse owner, check out allaboutsunday.com or uh, download the app. Uh, Shares that are available in certain horses. They've got a lot of horses in training already, but the shares that are available right now, uh, the two I mentioned earlier on, particularly the horse that I'm involved with, uh, Scarlet Witch, she'll put that wrong behind her, don't you worry about that. And um, a number of other horses there too. They've got some flat horses, but some some jumps horses to come. And uh, there's a a trip to the sales coming up that we're, we're excited about. So that's new market for you. Um, I still have COVID, so I don't know if we're recording on Monday or not, but you can hear my dulcet tones, uh, along with Lizzie Kelly, on TalkSport tomorrow, Friday, as we preview Chepso and Newmarket for you, and um, we'll cover the Phillies mile in the social with Ade um, tomorrow afternoon as well, so looking forward to that, some big interviews with some great guests too, so... If you want to listen to the uh, best radio coverage of racing, TalkSport 2 tomorrow from 1 p.m., uh, Lizzie Kelly and myself on the air with some big-name guests throughout the day and some, obviously, I think it's Simon Holt is our commentator tomorrow, so we got the GOAT in the commentary box uh, for Newmarket. Not sure who's at Chepstow, but whoever it is will be uh, sensational. And uh, those races coming to you courtesy of our uh, partner, um, racing TV, which reminds me to say that uh, also on the show tomorrow is Rixie. Uh, Dr. Declan Rix will be back on the show tomorrow, so um, looking forward to. We've been chatting, chatting it up for the last month or so, so looking forward to having uh, Rixie on TalkSport with us tomorrow. He'll be talk, talking us through his his thoughts for the which uh, the Jewhurst, and much more as well. Right, that's it uh, from Roy Delargy. Take care, my friend.
1: i the same to you, and all the best to the listeners.
0: And all the best from me as well to our very loyal listeners. You are incredible. The reaction to the podcast with Paul Ferguson was astounding. Uh, If you haven't listened to it yet, it's available on Spotify right now and all podcast apps for free. We don't ever want to do anything like charging you, so listen to it now. And uh, it's courtesy of ourselves and Weatherbees, and there's a gravy train discount in there free as well. So I did see a number of comments from listeners who were going, Oh crap, I've already bought it and missed out on the discount. Well, if you haven't bought it yet, weatherbeeshop.com or weatherbeeshop.co.uk, just duck duck go, uh, Weatherbeeshop, and you'll get it. Uh, it comes up as a banner straight away. Paul Ferguson's jumpers to follow. For the season you can buy the book you can buy the digital copy which is what I have or you can buy the bundle it's entirely up to you there's also a uh, a great feature where um, Paul does jumpers to follow up online updates each week uh, which is also available there too so you can check all of that out at weatherbeesshop.co.uk thank you to all much obliged and uh, until next time we will talk to you very very soon on the Final Forum podcast take care Stay safe, stay the hell away from COVID and uh, look after yourself. Thanks for listening. God bless. Thanks
1: for listening to the Final Furlong Podcast. Proudly brought to you by Tote. Make sure you never miss an episode by hitting the subscribe button on your podcast app.